episode one of the untitled yes that is my name right now i don't have an actual official podcast name so it's called the untitled until i come up with a name tonight's episode is going to be about the mavericks today they came off of a uh, loss to the jazz utah jazz 112 107 and really when you look at it it was a game that basically told you everything you needed to know, wanted to know about this Maverick team. Uh, they're now 28 and 17. Uh, they're still holding steady right there in fifth place. Um, even after the loss today. And the two biggest things that come out of this game, and it was a really great game, by the way. It was a really great game. The two biggest things, rebounding and scoring. And I know the statistics say that this Maverick team is a really, really good rebounding team. And that's true. They are. They are a good rebounding team. But what that stat fails to mention is how good the guards for this team rebound. Like, for instance, tonight was a great example. Right now, the Mavericks front court is comprised of Maxi Kleber, Boban Marjanovic, and Kristaps Porzingis. All tall, especially Boban and KP. They had a combined eight rebounds today. Combined. The guards for this team Luka Doncic, six rebounds. DeLon Wright, eight rebounds. Tim Hardaway Jr., one of the shortest guys on this team, had more rebounds than Kirstaps Porzingis. He had five. Dorian Finney-Smith led the team in rebounds with 10. He is a walking offensive rebound waiting to happen. He had 10 rebounds, four of them offensive. So, yes, this team rebounds well, but it's the guards. It's the guards and small forwards that rebound well and well I guess technically on the depth chart on the roster they list Dorian Finney-Smith as a power forward go figure so that so his rebounds count as a as a front court as front court rebounds so okay so you have to throw Dorian Finney-Smith in there with, with with the rest of the big guys but I'm not doing that Dorian's natural position is a small forward so let's just let's just keep him there anywho it's it's the guards and, and players shorter than six eight that that are grabbing most of these rebounds. And and Rudy Gobert for Utah had seventeen rebounds. Seventeen. That is massive. That is crazy. He is a walking twenty and fifteen guy. He had twenty two and seventeen tonight. And the problem, and I saw this on Twitter. The problem is. Goldberg got a lot of those. Well, he only had, um, looks like he only had four offensive rebounds, 13 defensive rebounds. I mean, the Mavs did what they could with what they had. They tried to scheme Goldberg out of the paint with having KP play on the perimeter a lot more or naturally play his, his role, things like that. But it wasn't going to stop it. Goldberg still got his 17 rebounds. And it's like, well... What do you what do you do with that? 
Thankfully, they only play Utah, what, three times, four times at the most. But they're more than likely going to have to face them in the playoffs. If they if we if everything stays the same way, they'll meet in the first round. That's what you're going up against in the first round. Doesn't matter if your guards and your and your small forwards are grabbing all the rebounds. You cannot let that guy get 20 on you every night. 20 rebounds. You can't you can't let him do that. You cannot. So size size is an issue. It is. And all the talk on Twitter about uh, traditional centers won't work anymore and Gobert's really the only traditional center left. First of all, that's that's crap. He is not the only traditional center left in the league. He's probably the one of the few traditional centers that are being, I guess, talked about and given props on his game because of his athleticism and that and his and his and his star cred as a as his name, like you know, being on a respectable Utah team and this year a really good Utah team. So yeah, he's probably being talked about. But there's there's traditional centers in the league. Don't give me that crap. They still exist. I'm not going to make this a Rudy Gobert episode. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to make this a, a traditional center episode. But I will say the Mavericks need to address that need. The Will Cauley-Stein trade was brilliant. It was brilliant. But I don't think you traded for an end-of-the-bench guy to make him your starter. I, I It's tough to see that. He's not going to... He may start or may have to start at center some nights, but he's not going to be your starting center, if that makes sense. You got him for depth. It's clear to see. I mean, who trades who trades for an end of the bench, bottom of the rotation, bottom of the roster guy to make them their every night starting center? It doesn't happen. Will Collie Stein move was brilliant. He's going to come here. He's going to fill into that power role with the energy and spurts. You know, he probably won't have nearly as much energy as Powell did. It's tough to match that. But there's some enthusiasm. There's some passion. And he'll get to actually be on a reputable team and a good team and a fun team instead of being on a Sacramento team. So the low energy, low effort type of talk, that's going to that's going to dwindle. There's there's actually stuff to play for here. So Will Collistan is going to give you something. He, he, he's wanted to, to play here, too. That's out there. If you don't believe that, you know, go go look. Go look around. There, there's, there's, some, there's some stuff out there that people have already reported that he's wanted to come to Dallas anyways. But when you look at the, the transaction itself, Will Collistan can come here and play 20, 30 minutes a night, however many minutes he's able to a night. But I don't. I personally don't think he's going to be your every night starting center. I still think there's still some talk, some smoke, something going on out there. That, in the words of Cuban after the 2011 championship, cliche as it sounds, they ain't done yet. They still have some some stuff to to discuss. And that brings me to my next point. They need to address the rebounding for sure. With, with with size. Kali Stein is going to help with that, but they still need to get something going. Get another big or kill kill a bear, uh kill two birds with one stone. Get you a get you a sizable score, a score with some length and some size. And no, I'm not 
saying, no, we're good with because we got KP. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying get you a good 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", guy that can give you about a good 15 to 18, maybe even 20 off the bench or even starting. Get you a score that will be a consistent B or C option, depending on who's on the court at the time. This Maverick team has average to slightly above average players scoring-wise that on any given night, they can go for 15, 20, 25 plus. Hardaway, Seth, heck, even Jalen Brunson. At any given night, they can do that. Other nights, you have this beautiful, balanced box box score of six seven eight nine guys going for at least 10 or more points and, and it's it's brilliant to watch because no one's over you know no one's over dominating or anything like that but as good as that all sounds you still need a guy not named Luca or not named Porzingis that can come in here and most notably do this while they're on the bench but Come in here and put up a good 15 to 17 off the bench and just be an all-out scorer. Not the catch and shoot. Got to be in the rhythm like Tim Hardaway. No offense, with all due respect. Not the, you know, not the I got to be coming off of a screen or, or in the corner wide open like Seth. Again, all great. But I need a score that can create his own offense. I don't need someone to pass it to me. I'm going to come down this court and I'm going to pull up or I'm going to control the offense and I'm going to create my own shot. We need a, a guide to do that, not name Luca. It's clear to see. Who was that player tonight for Utah? Bogdanovich. Donovan Mitchell was Donovan Mitchell. He had, what, 20 plus? Gobert was Gobert. Heck, even Conley showed showed you just a, just enough of what what he used to be in Memphis. Showed you just enough of it. But who was that guy that can just say, you know what? Give me the ball. I'm shooting right here. Give me the ball right now. Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. Mavericks don't have that. They don't. Sure, it could be maybe Hardaway on a night. Sure, give me the ball right now. Shoot it right now. Give it give it to me. Yeah, he's had that game. Sure. But my point is, you can go and find you somebody that can score at will like that and give you just enough size or length to where he's not an all-out complete defensive liability. Bogdanovich is not a defender, but he's no punk either defensively. You can also put him on the post. That's what the Mavericks need. Who's out there? De Niro Gallinari, Aaron Gordon, just to name a few, Evan Fournier. There's talk about the Mavericks going going to get another wing defender, and I'm all in on that. The name that's popped up, Robert Covington from Minnesota. Minnesota is in a peculiar spot. They're not completely out of the out of the playoff picture. They're not completely rebuilding. They have Cat. They have Wiggins. You know, but their thing is. They need a guard. They need a ball handler. You know, they traded away T. They need a ball handler. 
we have plenty of those. Let's let's sit down and talk, shall we? We have a Jalen Brunson, and we have some other players and a pick. We want your covenant. Let's sit down and do business. Oh, and by the way, we also need front court depth. Uh, you playing Jordan Bell? No. Hmm. How about a Jalen Brunson, Justin Jackson, Courtney Lee, and a second round pick for uh, Jordan Bell and uh, Rocco? Sounds good. All right, let's shake. That's exactly what needs to happen. That right there. Now you would have added another defender, a primary defender, your three and D defender. And that kind of lessens the blow on Dorian Finney-Smith. Again, walking offensive rebound and very serviceable primary defender. But he's not a primary defender. He's a secondary primary or a secondary defender. Right now, you have him defending the other team's best perimeter player. And that's fine. But you bring in a guy like Rocco. And you don't give up Finney-Smith. Now you have two perimeter defenders. And a guy like Covington can tip the scale in, 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 in a number of ways to where the style that he can bring in and you don't give up Finney Smith. Think if there has to be a stretch of both of them on the, on the court. You have two perimeter defenders. Oh, yeah. Everybody defended. Everybody. Because. It, it takes two, it takes sometimes two or three players on the court. Like the Clippers are a perfect example. With multiple defenders on the court, that entire team picks up their defense because it's like, hey, we got this guy here, we got our guy over here, and we got another guy over here. And they're defending. They're defending their butts off. So we're gonna we're gonna lock down on our guys too. We're gonna lock down at the rim because Kawhi and so and so and this other defender is on the court for us. That's all it takes. Even if it's even if it's just for a few moments while you're arresting Luca or somebody like that, you have Robert Covington and Dorian Finney-Smith and Delon Wright on the court. Nobody's scoring. No, nobody. Nobody on the perimeter is scoring. Good luck. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Again, the Will Colley-Stein move, it was nice. It was nice to kind of get your feet wet in the trade deadline talk and the and the trade moves. These trade wins are still blowing. It ain't over. Address the address the scorn, uh, address the scorn, and address the defense, and most notably the defensive rebounding. That's all I got. It's the entitled.